Blog Talk Radio. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Will a strong and united America still be a force for freedom and prosperity around the world? America has created the longest peacetime economic expansion in our history. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Good common sense and sound judgment of the American people and their essential love of justice. Hi, welcome to the Kudzu Vine for September 5th, 2021. Happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Welcome, as always, Catherine Smith. Greetings from Atlanta. Yes, and Tim Shiflett's under the weather. Um, We wish him the best and a speedy recovery so he can get back with us uh, very, very soon. Um, And tonight, we're so excited, about 20 minutes into the show, from Pennsylvania to join us again, uh, consultant Mike Mitkus. Um, So much is going up in Pennsylvania, so we can't wait to talk to him about the Senate race, the governor's race, uh, redistricting, new congressional uh, races that may come out of that, all the things that's happening in the Keystone State. Uh, But until then, we've got other topics to discuss And I guess the most pressing one, although it seems like COVID is still pressing, you know, in the country at large, but um, uh, a few days ago, um, Texas, you know, finally passed a law and it went into effect. Um, I'm going to rely on Catherine to give me a lot of the details here. Um, It went into effect and the Supreme Court kind of did a non-ruling. But this law, besides being very restrictive of reproductive rights, was – just very, very bizarre and different in the way it's enforced. Uh, Catherine, I want you to explain um, for our listeners more of this in detail. The uh, law um, prohibits abortion uh, after six weeks, which is really shocking because most people who get pregnant do not know that they're pregnant that soon, Um, you know, with – menstrual cycles and pregnancy tests and all kinds of things. It's just unlikely that you might, that many might even know that they're pregnant at that point. Um, And, but the, and and that's terrible enough. Uh, It's very early. It's a very um, restrictive law. But the other part of this law that's really chilling and should send to everyone, not whether you're in favor of uh, abortion rights or not, is that the uh, this law allows uh, citizens, anyone, it could be, uh, you know, anyone can can uh, seek uh, can come after anyone who assisted a person in seeking an abortion. So say your sister is looking for an abortion and calls you and says, Hey, do you know how I can get to, you know, Georgia or Alabama to seek an abortion? You can be as someone who assisted them, you can be arrested for, uh, I guess, aiding and abetting an abortion and the person who turns you in can get a $10,000 bounty if you are convicted. 
This could be an Uber driver, a doctor, a person who works in a uh, medical office who provides you with, uh, you know, assistance to seek an abortion in another state. It's really kind of shocking that um, not only can they turn you in, but they, but, but this $10,000 bounty is uh, really unbelievable. And to add to that is the fact that the Supreme Court chose not to rule on this uh, for, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it was, it was, their reasons were not very um, clear. So uh, it was a bad it's a, it was a bad week for uh, women's health, for reproductive health, as well as for social justice. So I think we've got a lot to reckon with going forward with this law, and uh, it's going to be a long time before it comes. It could come back to the Supreme Court. It goes back to the fifth district, which is not a very favorable court for these kind of um, issues so it's uh, it's quite a quite a shock and a big disappointment for those of us who are on the front lines of reproductive health and social justice well your uh, your excellent explanation brought up a lot of questions this first off the ten thousand dollar bounty who pays this ten thousand dollar bounty if somebody deems, I guess, a judge or a court of law or somebody deems it should be paid? I assume it's the state. I haven't, uh, I haven't, I'm, I, I haven't really looked into that, but that's the only explanation I can think of. I mean, so, if so it's the in the law. So is there no, then is there no criminal punishment for the, the person. I mean, is this just a ten thousand dollar payout system? Oh no, it's 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 a crime. It's a cr- it I don't would know be what a crime the, too. So this the, is like an additional. Yeah. Okay. Because I was just trying to see, like, I mean, if the, the if the if the punishment mechanism was this ten thousand dollar bounty, but then the state pays it. I mean, I didn't know if it was trying to be the person. Which, if the person was, you know, a lot of times financial, you know. Considerations come into play. Well, they may not have the ten thousand um, dollars to pay out of their pocket if it's some kind of punitive um, award. Oh no, it's not. So the, I, it's not the person who pays the ten thousand dollars. It's the state that pays the ten thousand dollars. But it is a crime, so they would be yeah. um, they would be they would be facing criminal prosecution, and that's the point. They they have to be prosecuted. And then the other part of this is if they are not found guilty. There's no uh, – they can't be um, compensated for their legal fees by the state. Yeah, I heard that part. That's written into so the, the law, they're just too. out of pocket. Yeah, right. so, so um, they're, they're just you know being brought in to defend, which, I mean, like you mentioned, Uber drivers. Now, what if the Uber driver has no idea? Like, I just need a ride. I'm going here. Here's the address. I mean, are they still culpable because they took them, or do they have to have some knowledge? I mean, it's still bizarre, but well, that's, uh, I mean, that's, just, I'm just trying to figure that out. Those are the kind of questions. And, and incidentally, um, I think it was on Friday, Lyft, which is another um, drive, drive um, 
you know, it's like Uber. They um, donated, they pledged a million dollars to Planned Parenthood to fight this law because of their concern for their drivers being, um, you know, found, being not necessarily found guilty, but being, um, you know, pulled into these legal battles when they don't, like you said, you don't know, like when I take a list, I don't say, oh, I'm going to the address I'm going to work, or this is the address I'm going to a party. It's just, this is where I'm going. Yeah. yeah I, I just, so, I didn't know about that, but you know, cause people mentioned that it was seemed kind of, you know, bizarre, like that's, why would we get it just some, you know, ride-sharing gig worker in, involved? Well, an, another question you mentioned, you know, like, okay, so abortion providers, they, they close up in Dallas and Houston, a lot of the large cities in, in Texas, but somebody goes out of state. Well, let's kind of compare this. If someone lives – we live in Georgia. We'll just use us. We go to Georgia. We want to buy a special kind of lottery ticket that's not sold in Georgia over in Tennessee – we drive over, we buy the lottery ticket. Let's just say we stay in Tennessee through the drawing. Win, don't win, um, but this ticket's not sold in Georgia. It's not a breaking the law, even more realistic. Let's go over the state line to South Carolina where more types of fireworks are legal. We buy those fireworks in South Carolina. We do not shoot those fireworks in Georgia. We keep them in South Carolina. We shoot them off. Well, you just mentioned to me if Texas, you know, closes up providers, somebody goes to Illinois. Let's probably use a state that's going to have uh, more access than, than um, other states in the south. They go to Illinois. The procedures performed in Illinois, they come back. They haven't broken the law of Illinois. How have they broken a law in Texas? How, how, is, how is the law interpreting that? I, you know, that's a good question, and I really checked that out yet. I apologize, and I don't, I haven't seen any mention of that in any of the um, stuff that I've read. So I apologize for not being informed on that. Well, no, it's a, it's a new bill or a new law, and it's a tricky bill that it has a lot of question marks. So I don't know that you have to apologize. It may be that some of this wasn't thought out very well. Um. Yeah, if you make a law in a state, then, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're breaking the law in that state, and you're kind of just more than anything you think you would clo- – providers would close up, and then people would have to go to other states, which just, you know, changes, you know, the, the health care dynamic of what's going on, um, you know, that you'd have to drive, Except and I'm sure, like – this is really the the biggest problem with laws like this is that you know there's there's a lot of people that can't afford to take off work and figure out i mean just figuring out how they're going to get to Illinois or New Mexico or California or wherever the closest legal place is they can't the, there's a hardship figuring out, especially now that we know that anyone who helps them is in potential legal trouble. And then the money that it takes to trans to, to go and taking, you know, if they have a family, how they take care of their family while they're gone. There's all kinds of barriers 
especially to poor rural and uh, communities of color. And that's where the, this, these laws like this are a direct attack on those people because a wealthy, a wealthy family with a, you know, can probably cobble together the money to send their daughter or their, or the mother or the, you know, wife or the whatever who needs, who prefers not to be pregnant at this time to California or New York or wherever they need to go. But it's the poor and, uh, and those without access to medical care that really suffer. And it just continues to go ahead. No, no. And I, and my understanding is, you know, a lot of times there's exceptions for rape, incest and life of the mother. My understanding is some of those, if all those, um, exceptions don't exist. Uh, tell us which yeah, ones no, and which ones do not exist in this bill. There's no exceptions. There's no, no exceptions so not for rape, rape, rape and incest. I don't know if there's one for health of the mother. That's one of those ones that's often very hard yeah. to um, prove. Yeah, well, that because because that gets real tricky then if someone you know there is a risk to help the mother. They're in a hospital in Houston, and that that exception can't be granted. Then you would have to look at going to the nearest place. And um, like I said, I think that's probably New Mexico. In time, it'll at least be New Mexico, um, Colorado, Illinois. I mean, because um, we'll, we'll get to this, but it looks like there's going to be a, a profile where this bill spreads. Um, well, well, let's let's I guess get into this. I've heard that. You know, other states have bills that are – they don't have that um, bounty mechanism in them, but they do have some restrictions, Mississippi, Georgia, other states. But I've heard that a lot of, in particular, southern states where they have total control by Republicans are going to have similar laws. I think I heard Florida uh, may pick that up. Is, is that what y'all are hearing? Yes. I mean, it's – it's you know, I, I'm sure I've said this on – um, the Kudzu Vine before, I say it to my friends and colleagues all the time that um, state, these states that pass these restrictive, not just abortion laws, but the, some of the voting laws, they're, they're like little Petri dishes, you know, that they try it in one state and if it works, then they take the same language and move it to whatever, wherever the states are that they think they can win it. So, and, and especially in the South. So, yeah, I think we can look to we can probably see something with these that with this uh, um, bounty system sweeping across the South, and some some of these you know more conservative uh, middle country states. So yeah, I don't, I think the yeah. legislatures in January will be busy with all this kind of legislation. Well, let's uh, now, now let's talk. You mentioned the Supreme Court. They they didn't rule on this. I guess you know they have the normal docket they go through where they'll rule on cases that have worked their way up. But this was kind of an emergency. Would they stop or put a stay on the law? They didn't. Um, what's the prediction for maybe a more concrete ruling? I guess on the Mississippi case that's coming up. Well, the Mississippi case is coming up. I think we're expecting it probably in January. 
I think is when we're expecting it to uh, show up. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard to say what, how the, how that's going to, you know, we, I, I'm not, I'm not big on predicting what the Supreme court is going to do. Um, but seeing how they ruled on this, it, it puts a pall on, on what the pro- prospect might be. Um, and then there's there's some other um, so this Texas law it depending on what happens in the fifth district, it could come back to the Supreme Court as a full on case, but that wouldn't be for another probably two years yes and I guess um the 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 six weeks mark that a lot of these bills have. It's what I guess they would rule on first. I mean, I guess the, and the, there's a theory they could they could keep that portion of it, but then break, stop the bounty portion of it that Texas has or any other future state that some reason thinks this is a good idea. Um, the bounty portion mechanism, um, I, I guess that could happen. Let's talk about the politics of this. Um, you know, we have 2022. We have congressional races, Senate races, and probably in this case, most importantly, governor's races and um, state legislative races. Um, And we saw polling come out this week. Now, we hadn't drilled down and guess state by state, or at least I haven't seen the national. You may be privy to some of the state by state. But it seems like this would not be something that a governor running for reelection or a state legislature body that may have some tougher districts would want to take on in 2022, at least from the Republican side. Well, I think it depends on whether you're talking about primaries or generals. I think in I'm primary, talking about general. I'm talking about Florida general, okay, Texas general. general. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. In general, yeah. it seems like, you know, I think the most recent poll is something like 60% of Americans are in favor of keeping abortion legal. And then there's another 10% that is um, is in favor of some restrictions, but not complete restrictions. So we're looking at 70%, about 70% of the um, country is in favor of some kind of um, access to abortion in this country. So you yeah. have to figure that, that, I mean, that's a pretty big margin and it seems like it would be a pretty volatile uh, subject for a Republican to, for a Republican to be, um, you know, uh, stridently opposed to abortion and talk about it a lot in a general election for governor in, I suppose in some Southern states it might help them, but I think in general, it's probably not a very uh, successful uh, strategy. Yeah. And I'm talking about more of the, the um, states like um, Florida, Arizona, Georgia, not, you know, Mississippi and Alabama states where it's kind of a more of a swing state, um, especially like a Ron DeSantis losing popularity. Now, I sent y'all that poll earlier in the week, and it actually showed that 
a majority of Democrats, a majority of independents supported, you know, at least some, you know, level of, of access to, you know, reproductive rights. But then it showed that Republicans were far more divided on the issue. Now, you may have more knowledge. Um, were you surprised at that, or does that back up other findings y'all have where Republicans are not as, you know, lockstep as we might think? Oh, no, I think that's I think that's uh, – I mean, in past, we've had a lot of pro-choice Republicans who have been really popular. Yeah, so, I, I just – I mean, um, I, I think just... it's become such a um, such a battle zone really only over the past 20 years, maybe. So, I mean, it's always been a battle, but um, – but it's it's gotten more uh, divided politically than it was twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think you know twenty plus years ago, you definitely had more pro life Democrats, more pro choice Republicans. The parties have have aligned on a lot of positions. But if you said that you know abortion was one of those issues that they pardoned the most into you know different you know parties and alignments, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, that that kind of seems to be the case there. Um, you know, talking talk about Florida in general, you know, Ron DeSantis is losing popularity, uh, the polls have shown, because um, maybe two months ago he seemed like he was in great shape. But now he's under 40%, I mean, I'm sorry, under 50% in a lot of polls. And then he's saying he wants to bring this in. Um, does that seem like a way to unnecessarily invite even more trouble or is y'all know something about Florida where it might actually help him? I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't have specific statistics about Florida, but I don't think that was going to help him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't either, but, but, you know, I mean, I, I know sometimes you have to put numbers with things and maybe he, his pulse is just uh, seeing other things. Well, let's kind of go, to another state to where all of this is originated from, Texas, um, you know, uh, Greg Abbott was already kind of having some issues with the way their power grid had functioned. COVID has not been the best there. Um, Texas is already, and particularly in the cities, moving more democratic, even slowly. Um, do, do they think this may really cause, we'll start out with Abbott, um, you know, some re-election trouble. Oh, I think so. I hope so. Catherine? I mean, oh. if not the abortion side of it, the bounty side of it should be, I mean, that should be chilling to everyone. Yeah. Well, I, and then I guess moving down to Lieutenant Governor, Price, probably the most controversial uh, politician in Texas is not Greg Abbott. It's Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Um, you know, he's led the charge on a lot of the really um, charged issues like, you know, his supposed opposition to critical race theory. He really came after the book about the Alamo. Um, and it appears that he may be about to recruit a friend of the podcast, um, Matthew Dowd, into the race, um, even if it didn't manage to get Abbott. Since this had to go through the um, the state senate in Texas, could this 
really damage um, Dan Patrick, already a controversial figure's re-election chances. Well, I can't imagine. I mean, just from following Matthew Dowd's Twitter this week, I can't imagine that he would – I would be shocked if he signed on to that when the guy's in favor of this law because Matthew Dowd was outraged by it. So uh, I would – I, that would really surprise me. I mean, he was, yeah. you know, quite, quite taken aback by this new law. Quite vocal about it. So, yeah, he if, um, he was already in the race, or I'm sorry, he was already kind of looking at this and kind of uh, statements about Dan Patrick, but then um, did uh. You know, this kind of just added more. Um, and then I guess, you know, besides the lieutenant governor's race, the governor's race, at this point, um, Greg Abbott doesn't have a, a top-name candidate. The two that have been bandied about, about the most have been um, former congressman Beto O'Rourke and famous, very famous actor and Texas native uh, Matthew McConaughey. It, it kind of looked like both might pass on the race um, would this action, you think, make one more likely to get in the race, one of them? I hope so, because I, I, I would like to see Beto O'Rourke uh, stand up and fight about, on this. You know, I'm not a big fan of Matthew McConaughey running, but that's okay. I don't live yeah, there. So I, I mean, I mean worry about it. he's mentioned, you know, I mean, it's obviously he's better than, you know, no one, you know, I mean, if, if, if Better O'Rourke sides this in the right race for him, and Matthew McConaughey came into the race. Um, you know, it, it's better than not showing a fight at all. Um, I, I do true. begin to wonder, like uh, Matthew Dowd, to me would be <laughs> certainly qualified to be governor of Texas. Um, and so, yeah, you know, uh, but I guess he's really looking at that um, lieutenant governor spot. And I do know this: he. Um, was a longtime aide to Bob Bullock, uh, the, I guess the last Democratic elected official statewide. Um, you know, he was very close to him, so maybe the understanding how the state Senate works and can help, you know, the average Texan is very important to him. Yeah. Well, um, Catherine, uh, just anything else about the timeline on this issue? Uh, it's very uh, up in the air, you know, right now. Abortion is basically illegal in, in Texas. Uh, very few abortions, have, you know, there were a lot of scheduled abortions uh, going into effect, and they all had, most of them had to be canceled. Um, and it's up in the air because it goes back now to the 5th District, and they have to make a decision um, based on these, you know, legal challenges. So uh, I think... It, for now, we're everyone's trying to figure out ways to get care to the to the people who need it in in Texas without getting in trouble yeah. with these with this bounty. Yeah, and Texas is such a big state that um, you know the transportation gets tougher. And I don't know Oklahoma's laws and Arkansas's laws, but you'd have to think that sooner than later they'll be similar. Um, and if right. you live on the east side of Texas, New Mexico is not close. 
Um, it's um, that's a, a very very long state. Uh, driving from say Dallas to El Paso is pretty much a all day event. Um, um, you know, and like in the summer, it would take most of the daylight hours. Um, well, let's kind of transition to this. You know, we had a few weeks ago Afghanistan made a lot of news. Now we've had this um, this bill in Texas made a lot of news. But honestly, is anything piercing through the news filter except for COVID in reality? Well, you know, I um, I start most mornings watching um, Good, Good Morning America, which I admit is not really a news program. It's more of an entertainment program. But I will say that over the past, you know, couple of weeks, they have been, you know, ever since things started really um, popping, I guess, in Afghanistan, they have done a really good job of covering Afghanistan as well as COVID. And this week, this week I will say that they've done a good job of covering this uh, law in Texas, Afghanistan, and COVID. So I think there's some of the news news uh, organizations are trying to do a you know three tiered effect of trying to cover everything. But I think everyone's really concerned about COVID. I mean, I think it's because it has such an impact on our day to day life and what we do and you know how we interact with other people and how we interact with our jobs and our um, social engagement that it is, it is a real it's it's a battle to try to get through it through through it because it is so important to everyone so i can't really blame people for putting a big focus on that since it is very scary and we're seeing such an increase in death and really dramatic um consequences so i sort of understand why that's happening yeah i mean it's just so much negative news this week i saw um in texas i believe it was waco two teachers in the same school died um another florida district two teachers in the same district uh, or may have been the same school in that situation and those have been big schools i mean I'll, I'll be fair but even if it's a big school you know, a 6A high school, a 7A high school in some of these states, um, which they're middle schools, so they're probably a little smaller. That's still just just way too much. Um, and then we've had, you know, students die. Uh, like I was telling you before the show, a 23 or 24-year-old assistant basketball coach at a university in Georgia passed away from t- after two days of symptoms. Um, he had just come from, you know, playing college basketball, earlier in his 20s, uh, you know, finishing that career because he pretty much has to play college basketball to coach it. Um, just, uh, you know, so much COVID. And then people at the same time are protesting, and people are so sick of lockdowns and so sick of all these different measures, and some people will get vaccinated no matter what. And it seems like we're not much further along than we were, you know, this time a year ago. I know. It's it's it. It's so disappointing, this idea that, well, we've done this for so long, we have to, it's got to be over. Well, it is only going to be over when it's over. You know, I, I hate it too. You know, I wish I could go out and go shopping and 
you know, hang out with my friends in a bar and um, go out to restaurants freely. Um, But I recognize that it's just not safe yet. And, and I think it's so, it's so sort of contrary to say, well, we've done it for so long, we have to stop now. That's not how it works. It's not like there's a timeline and it's like, okay, after one year, we, have, we get to go back to work or we get to go back to our lives. It's when, it's, when, the, when the problem is solved is when it's solved. Um, so I, it's very um, disappointing that uh, so many people are unwilling to accept the, the reality of it. Uh, and these protests well, at vaccination sites are just ridiculous. Come on. I mean, you might not want to get a vaccination, but don't stop others from doing it. That's, that's just yeah. They lunacy. In a county in North Georgia, I actually know the county, but apparently they, the, the Department of Health in Georgia doesn't want to release the county. But a county in North Georgia, that was reported. Also, another place in South Georgia, they actually kind of caused a mobile uh, vaccination site to close up and just move on because – well, they're kind of afraid that they, people will be harassed and they just wouldn't want to get the, vaccine, the vaccination. Um, and, and so that's just so harmful and crazy. And that is the thing is we know one of the major, major ways out of this is to vaccinate more people. And, and you know, we talk about, you know, could the bar stay closed a little longer? Sure. Could we eat a little more takeout or eat on, you know, patios, open air? Or what have you, or can we show a, vac- a vaccination card? And, and if you have that vaccination card, go in and sit uh, safely to help those restaurants stay open. Those are all realistic. Now, schools, I saw a picture on Twitter that was this young boy, and I don't know if he was in, you know, first grade, second grade. I'm assuming he at least was in second grade, or else he wouldn't have missed um, that much time. They said after 17 months of school being closed, he was, you know, returning to in-person schooling. In schools, I mean, it really, I mean, when you're talking about kids that are learning to read, learning to do um, simple mathematics, they've got to be in school. Um, you know, you, you can't keep a school out closed for two years or else you're really going to impact someone's educational career. And if you impact certain skills, you impact the rest of their life. Um, so, you know, we've got, but that's why we have to work together. We have to say, it can't just be, I want to do this and you want to do that. We all got freedom and we just put together whatever plan we've got. This has to be kind of like when you fight a war and you ration sugar and you ration salt and you only buy this much of this and you reduce, you know, turn off your lights at a certain time. We've got to come together and make a plan and figure out what's truly important in life, and that's for the greatest good. And I would think schools will be high on the list. Medical facilities, because you're seeing now people, I, I, want, I don't want to wear a mask in a medical facility. Well, too bad it's a medical facility. You know, you're not going to get to visit at all if you can't wear a mask. Um, you know, th- those kind of things are going to have to be, you know, put into place, and that may mean closing other things. And I know somebody owns those other things, and I, I feel terrible for them and their financial well-being, but tough choices are going to have to be made, and they're going to have to be made collectively or else so much, you know, 350 million Americans having each of their own versions of freedom may not get us to any kind of, you know, safe resolution. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I don't, I don't know how we, uh, how we do that. We don't seem to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, Catherine, I think we've had a really good discussion on two issues. 
you know, Mike has always come through for us. Maybe he heard when that Tim wasn't going to be here, and he said, well, my goodness, no Tim. How can they even go on? But it's a Labor Day weekend, and, and, and you know, hey, we were probably crazy for booking anybody on a Labor Day weekend. So what we're going to do is I'm going to get back with Mike, and we're going to get him on soon. I'm sure he'll be on with us really soon um, on the Kudzu Vine. But then since we've discussed those two issues thoroughly, we, we, we're one man down, one person down. Um, if you're okay, I think we'll go ahead and call this a show. Okay. Happy Labor, yeah. Labor Day, well, everyone. Catherine, have a, I hope you have a cookout without without uh, risking your lives. Yeah, outdoors. Outdoors is much safer. We've learned that. But, Catherine, yeah. great discussion, um, great info early in the show. See you all next week. Talk to United you soon. Right. We are the heirs of that first revolution with a strong and united... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 